0: No. worship this morning, our worship leader. Thank you for blessing us this morning. Am I am I good? Can y'all hear me today? Can y'all hear me? I need some more. Okay. Praise God. Indeed, it's a privilege and honor to be with you once again Forest Baptist Church on this Lord's Day. Amen. The Lord was kind enough to allow you in the midst of all your foolishness and all your mess. To wake you up one more Sunday morning to come to gather with the saints to give him praise glory to his name it's good to be with you amen amen well on this morning praise God and I look back at where he's brought us from throughout this entire book of Galatians but upon this morning we have the privilege of walking through this last passage in the book of Galatians and this sermon series we have entitled Forever Free, we come to Paul's final word, his final warning in this benediction here in the sixth chapter of Galatians, and this is an amazing passage. It may not look like it on the surface, but as you dig into what Paul is actually saying, this is an amazing summation of everything he's already covered in chapters one through five. And as we have walked through this entire book, my prayer is that the Lord would free you up. That he would free you up to worship him through reminding you that your performance is not what makes you acceptable to God. It's not if you get it all right. But it's the fact that Jesus Christ has already accomplished every single thing that we need. And we p- when we place our faith and trust in Christ, we are victorious. We are free from the law and from sin. So if you you would, please turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians, the sixth chapter. We'll begin reading at verse 11. If you would, please stand in honor of the reading of God's word this morning. This is the inerrant, infallible, immutable, precious, authoritative word of God. This is the word of God. Please hear the voice of Christ. Galatians 6, beginning with verse 11. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul writes to us, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and with your spirit, brothers, amen. And Lord, a blessing to the reading of His word. You may be seated. Just want to place a tag upon this text this morning. Where is your boast? Where is your boast? this text this morning is so important. It is so rich, and it is, as I said, the culmination of everything that Paul has been sharing with the Galatians. And if you remember from our study of this entire letter, some folks had come into this Gentile church, these Judaizers, and began teaching that it wasn't enough just to have Jesus. You needed Jesus plus something. You needed to be circumcised. You needed to become a Jew in order to be accepted by God. Now, these were Gentiles. They weren't trying to be Jews. That that wasn't their cultural background. That wasn't where they were from. But these folks came in and said, if you want to be accepted by God, you need to be like us. How many times have we heard that ourselves? If you want to be accepted by God, you need to be like us certain faction a certain group but 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 as Paul is dispelling these lies and these myths he is saying that what makes you acceptable is not your background what makes you acceptable before God is not your IQ it's not who you, it's not the date of your birth or who your parents are what makes you acceptable by God is the fact that Jesus Christ has already already been crucified and he's already rose from the grave and he's seated at the right hand of the father right now. Because Jesus has accomplished salvation, we need only trust in him for our salvation. We don't have to give up our cultural background. We don't have to change all who we are. We don't have to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, look a certain way to be accepted by God. We need faith in Christ in order to be accepted by God. In this passage, this is says this is his last appeal to the church. These are his last words. Chapter One, Paul reminded them that there is no other gospel of grace besides the gospel that was preached to them. In chapter two, he says that the truth of the gospel is the acceptance of God, uh, the, the acceptance before God through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not Jesus plus anything. In chapter 3, he reminded them that those who received the promise of salvation through Jesus are children of Abraham, children of God. Chapter 4, he reminds them that though we were once slaves to the law, we have been set free through Christ Jesus. And in chapter 5, Paul reminds the Galatians church that because Jesus has set us free through the Spirit, we now walk, by the spirit and not our own strength and previously here in chapter 6 Paul lays out for us what spirit living looks like and calls us to serve one another but the final question in this book the, the final question of this letter after all that has been written Paul wants to know so where will your boast be What side will you choose? Will you try to perform your way into glory? Or will you accept what has already been accomplished through Christ Jesus? He needs to convince the Galatians that Christianity is about internal transformation and not external observance. It's not about the days. It's not about the months. It's not about the rituals. It's about what Jesus Christ has done from the inside out. See, on the outside, we can fake it till we make it. We can act like we know Christ. We can act like we are golly. But until Christ penetrates your heart, nothing's been changed. You've just dressed it up. Paul's desire is that they be cross-centered rather than self-centered. This is his plea. This is a plea to turn from performance-based religion, what you can do for God. So often we come into worship, what can I do for God? How can I help him out? But Paul, his plea is it's not about what you can do for God, it's about what God has done for you already. See, and, and when we relish that fact, So much pressure falls off of us to try to perform because grace compels us and propels us. The law restricts and binds us. In this church, those from the outside was trying to influence the culture. They were trying to change up this gospel. So now in this church, it wasn't about Jesus alone. It was Jesus plus our works. They began to boast. They began to have a boastful religious culture. This church often reflects the type of church that we have today where your acceptance is is Jesus plus. It's Jesus plus your looks. Do you look the part? Do you look saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost? Jesus plus your service. How many roles and hats can you play in order to be accepted? You got to be the deacon, the Sunday school teacher, the trustee. You got to be everything in order to feel like you're accepted before God. But you know, in some churches, it's not even Jesus plus. It's just the plus. In some churches, it's just about the choir. Jesus ain't in the house. In some churches, it's about just the pastor. Oh, he's so eloquent. He's so good. That's my pastor. But where's your Jesus? See, this desire for approval represents that that braggadocious culture at large. We live in a culture. It's all about the brag. It's all about the boast. Because we base our acceptance on our performance. You accept me if I'm able to spend a whole lot of cash on my dinner take pictures of it to show you where I've been. You accept me if I'm able to take pictures with a quote-unquote superstar in order to show you that I, I am somebody because I'm next to somebody. This braggadocious, boastful culture is only worried about who you are, what you have, who you know. You know, beloved, I I believe our society is built on what could be called the boast bubble. You know, some years ago there was this, when I was in college, I remember that there was that tech bubble. All these tech companies had started popping up, and everyone was getting rich because they, they were pouring all their money in in the stock of these companies, and these companies were, were, were coming out of nowhere, and everyone was investing, but... Th- the value of the stock was overvaluated, so at some por- point, the market corrected itself. And everyone that had invested big bucks in these tech industries had lost a ton of money. We're just on the heels of the housing bubble bust, where properties were going for sky-high sky prices and People began to invest and buy property that they know they ain't had no business buying because they was gonna try to flip it and make money, then all of a sudden the, the housing bubble bursts. Beloved, we are in the midst of a boast bubble that's gonna burst because one day we are gonna see our inflated values of ourselves. One day, when Jesus shows up and We see him face to face. We're going to realize we ain't as sweet as we thought we were. One day, when he's coming down in glory on on his cloud and the voice of an archangel shines out, we're going to realize that what I had to do tomorrow really ain't as important as spending time with Jesus now. And our boast bubble is going to burst because we think we're all that, but Jesus is going to show us we ain't all that. When that day comes, where will you find yourself? Where would you find your value, your your boast? On that day when Jesus comes, it's going to be worthless and empty because you can't take anything with you to glory. See, and that's the exact meaning of what Jesus is talking about in the Matthew, the seventh chapter, when he when he begins to go into the parable about. Building upon. The rock. Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse 24, he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock, Jesus. But verse 26 says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. When the boast bubble burst at Jesus' return, the only people left standing will be those who boasted in the cross of Christ alone. Our text this morning is a reminder to boast in Jesus, or your boast will be lost on yourself. Boast in Jesus, or your boast will be lost on yourself. Here in Paul's letter, he, he lays out a fundamental truth that we that we all need to know. A fundamental truth about humanity. And that in Genesis 1, we see that we were built to boast. Because God says, Let us create man in our image, and he creates man, and man was supposed to come and began to multiply and all over the earth, and the glory of God would show forth through his creation. So as we were created, we were created to show off. There's this innate desire for us to show off. The problem is, who are we showing off? Ourselves to God. We were built to boast. Isaiah 43.7 says we were created for his glory, for his boast. God is doing everything for his glory. He sent Jesus Christ just to save you. No, not just to save you, but to show off and vindicate his glory. So that everyone would see that he is the man. Not just to save you. He got a bigger plan than just you. See, that's our boast. We want salvation to be about us, but it's not about you. It's about him and what he's doing. Not only does he send his son to vindicate his glory, (laughs) Habakkuk 2 and 4 says there will be one day where the whole earth will be filled with his glory. His glory, his boast. Philippians 2 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall shall bow those in heaven and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, we like that part. Jesus, Jesus, yes. Every knee is going to bow. We we like thinking about those people who ain't saved who get on our nerves. That's what we do. Like, yeah, you're going to bow. But why? Why are we bowing? To the praise of his glory. God is doing all things for his glory. Making himself known. So even as he has created us, he built us to be a boast for him and not for ourselves. This, this word boast means the, this joyous exult, to have high confidence in something. One author says to express an unusually high degree of confidence in something or in someone or something being exceptionally noteworthy to boast. See, some of the problems with our praise is that we want to boast about ourselves than boast about God. See, we don't know how to praise God because we've been praising ourselves all week. Before you get on the plan field, you got to practice sometimes. And before you show up on Sunday, you can't you can't show up on on, on, on the field and act like you know how to praise God if you ain't been practicing all week. If your lips been fixed on yourself all week, you can't come out here and fix your lips on Jesus because you're, you you don't got used to saying your name instead of Jesus' name. What you been praising all week? We've been the noteworthy people. We've been exalting ourselves. That's why we get so mad at people, because they ain't boasting in, in us like we want them to boast in us. Boasting is like money. Because we were built to boast. The boast is not sinful. Money is not sinful. It's what you do with your money that's sinful. Right? It's not you spending money that's wrongest. It's how you spend it on yourself that's wrong. And the text doesn't say that money is evil. It's the love of money that's evil. See, we love our own boasts. That's why we get it wrong. God is calling us up out of this boastful lifestyle, and he's saying you can either boast, you can keep boasting in yourself and perish, or you can boast in me and live. So like money, you can either boast the right way or you can boast the wrong way. To have confidence in yourself or confidence in Jesus, you would either boast in Jesus or you would boast in yourself, but you're going to have a boast on your tongue. Where's your boast? Where's your boast? What are you pointing to for acceptance by God? Are you point? are Is your boast in your church attendance? I'm there when the doors crack open. I'm the first one in the parking lot. Didn't you see me? You should have saw in the back of my head when I was walking in because I was in front of you. Is your boast in your service? Oh, I got to do this. And they call on me to do that. And I got to do that. And they want me to do this. Well, you know, they really need me over there. You know what? (laughs) Do God really need any of us? Is your boast in your baptism. Well, you know, when I was six, I got baptized. I've been living like hell ever since, but I I was baptized. But you know what? We got to be careful because sometimes we want to boast in our morality. Sometimes we do get it right. We say the right things, and we we love on people well, and we begin to think, oh, yeah, I got this Christian walk thing. I can do this. And whenever you think you got this Christian walk thing, well, you're about to fall on your face. Because God will humble you and remind you that you ain't do none of this by yourself, but it was me working in you, transforming you, and shaping you, and making you, and molding you. You think you did this? Then go ahead and do it by yourself. Try to walk without the power of the Holy Spirit in your mouth. You talking about what you used to do without the Holy Spirit? You're going to begin doing that again. Fall right back into it. Those are all good things, but if that's what you're holding on to be accepted by God, your boast is in yourself. Those who had infiltrated the Galatian church were confident that they could make themselves acceptable before God by being good church folk, too. But Paul says, don't do it. Because boasting in yourself is hopeless. This morning, all I want to do before is just give you three contrasts that I see uh, when it comes to boasting in ourselves or boasting in the cross. So I want to give you three contrasts. The first contrast, uh, it begins with when you boast in yourself, you mostly care about what others think. In verse 12, he says, well, first, he back up to verse 11. Paul is laying out that this is his plea. And he says, see what what large letters I'm writing. And some people say, well, you know, Paul, he couldn't see well. Or, uh, this was a, a certain situation. But but what I really believe was going on is, is, is Paul is sending a, a text with all caps. And he's saying, pay attention to this. What I have to say right here is really important. And what does he say? It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only. Well, why are they doing it? Only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. See, the Judaizers, they had came in, and they were trying to make a name for themselves, but what they uh, they were doing was a result of some negative peer pressure. They had been around some folk that thought they knew Jesus, that was trying to put their Jesus on them. So they, in turn, go to this church and say, well, you got to be like us, because that's what they said. They began to care more about what others thought about them than what the word of God really said. That's what was going on. You know, when we boast in ourselves, we create all kind of false categories for acceptance. Because our boast, see, this how we do. We don't boast in what we do bad. We boast in what we do good. And then if we good something and somebody ain't, we like to hang out with that person so make ourselves feel good. So I got it all together and you don't. Or uh, maybe you should do this, and maybe you should do that, and we create all these false categories of acceptance that if they act like us and talk like us, then all of a sudden God would accept us, uh, accept them. How do you know God is accepting you if that's where your boast is, and your performance, and your works, and your vocabulary? What I f- see Paul saying to the church that boasting in ourselves creates an overly sensitive church. What do I mean? We so easily offended when somebody say something to us. We so easily offended because somebody wants to rebuke us. When somebody says, maybe you don't get that right. Uh, no, nah, I don't think that's right. We so easily offended because we don't want what other people to say about us to go out we worried about what everybody else thinks about us. So, we, so we are, we're so critical. We want to control our own narrative. When Jesus says, you don't control your own narrative, I control the whole story. So when we boast in ourselves, we, we care too much about what other people think. But when we boast in the cross, you mostly care about what Christ thinks. This is what Paul is talking about in verse 14. He says, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? By which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I don't care what y'all say. And I ain't really trying to get on y'all page either. Paul says, I'm dead. See, a dead person ain't got to worry about other folks' expectations. A dead person ain't got to worry about what you say I should be doing. A, a dead person is only concerned about the one who's able to resurrect them. And because Christ has resurrected him, he knows y'all ain't got no power to put me in the heaven or hell. I'm going to roll with Jesus. To be crucified is to actually be free from worldly expectations. Paul says, my concern is not for the world or, or what or, or what I may want from the world. That's not my concern. I've been crucified with Christ. So really what Paul is saying is, when I boast in the cross, it creates a Christ-centered church able to stand rebuke. The thing that Paul is saying about the cross is that if you have really died on Calvary's cross, then then everything that they can lay on you can't stick. It can't stand because it's already been on the cross. The worst things, that bad gossip, all, all your background and what you used to be was crucified with Christ on the cross. So they can't pull that out the grave because the only thing that got about the grave was Jesus. That was it. Your baggage ain't come with Jesus when he got out the grave. What you used to do then to come with Jesus when he got out the grave? But your conquering Savior got up out that grave, and he is looking over you right now. So it doesn't matter what people may say, or, or because I am Christ-centered, what they may say is true, and I need to eat it. I need to eat it. And I need to hear them. And I need to have open ears and and knowing that my reputation is not on the line, my boast is not on the line, but my service for Christ is what's on the line. So I need to humble myself. A dead man don't stand up, a dead man lays flat. And some of us need to lay down because we're doing too much standing up. And we want people to see our chest poked out, but God wants you to see your face flat on the ground. Let our boasts be in Christ. Why do we care so much what other folks say anyway? Their criticism changes from day to day. It's up, it's down. I was in the car with my children the other day, and uh, we always go on the five below, so we in five below. And there was a point in time where you couldn't find a fidget spinner. And and believe me, I know. We've been there a whole bunch of times. Those little fidget spinners, those things that the kids spin. So we went in there the other day. They had all kinds of fidget spinners, all colors, shapes, and sizes. And the kids, they started talking. And they said the same thing. I I remember we couldn't even find one. And look at this one. They got this, this, that. And like, I remember fidget spinners first came out. Did Nobody have? them. Not everybody got one. And I, and I told her, I said, you know, that, you know what that's called? That's that's a fad. And a fad is like, things come and it's hot for a second. And then all of a sudden, and a few months later, what was hot then ain't hot now. Nah. And, and when you're dealing with folks, folks, is just like a fad. Sometimes. They in your face and it's hot right now. They want to be your friend right now. They got good words for you right now. They want to be your help right now. And then all all it takes is you ain't even gotta say nothing to them. Just don't return the text and they they cut their eyes at you. They but well, don't they know that I was looking for them and, and they, they used to be my friend? Or they think they they all boast more prideful. They ain't got time for me. Folks will change like a fad. The only thing that will keep you centered. And grounded in a world of chaos is Christ, Jesus, and him crucified. Some of you in here today are in bondage because you have built your entire life on what other people think about you. What you look like is based on what other people Think about you. All of your decisions is based upon what you think people would think about you. Uh, your bitterness is based on what you think people think about you. You think that they think a certain way, so you just mad at them and you bitter. Drinking poison, expecting them to die. It won't work. But when you when you lay down your life. When you get up on that cross with Jesus, when you die that death, you actually are set free. When you boast in yourself, you mostly care about what others think, but the contrast is when you boast in the cross, you mostly care about what Christ thinks. That's the first one. The second one, looking at the text, is when you boast in yourself, you had your sin from others. Verse 13 he says, he's talking about these folks who have come in, these Judaizers, and he says, for even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. What he's saying is, these folks who have come in, they worry more about your issues instead of theirs. And in order to Get the Galatians to think that they need a performance based religion. They can't be transparent because if they were really transparent, they will realize that the law ain't enough to keep you right with God. They're still living in the flesh, they're still trying to perform and gain their acceptance by keeping the law, by being circumcised, by being religious. But it's inevitable. As we saw earlier, even in chapter 6, that when you boast in your flesh, when you sow to the flesh, you will reap from the flesh. And the flesh only produces sin. As the Judaizers was were were teaching the Gentiles to obey the law, they were living lives however they pleased. They they hid their sin in order to try to validate their message. And sometimes we we come in and we try to hide our sin, but we try to bring up everybody else's. We, we we try to keep our stuff on the down low while we try to lift everybody else's sin on an up high, high so everybody can see. Why do we do that? In order to hide our sin. You know, a boasting in yourselves Boasting in ourselves creates an immoral church. Because everybody is trying to hide what they're dealing with and ain't nobody fixing it. Wherever there is darkness, wherever there is moisture and mold begins to grow. It begins to fester. and It begins to spread and and take over, and as long as we're willing to keep hiding our sin, as long as we're not willing to stand up and say, yeah, yeah, this is me, and I I know God needs to fix this area and change this area, as long as we want to hide behind our nice, pretty faces on Sunday and not really speak into the word of God, we will be an immoral church because sin will begin to spread and become rampant. Or... Boasting yourself, you had your sin from others, but when you boast in the cross, you had your sin in Christ. This is Paul's whole point. Verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross. He's pointing to the cross. Why the cross? It's not just any cross. He's not pointing to the cross of those thieves because those thieves were sinners. He's pointing to the cross of Christ because Christ lived a sinless life that we could not live. And he died the death that we deserve. So by Paul saying, I have, I have, uh, I boast in the cross of Christ. That means I'm looking to Jesus to actually deal with my sin. I'm looking to Jesus to actually get rid of my, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I ain't trying to hide it. I'm looking at the nail scarred savior and I'm saying, yes, my sin sits right there. This is what he's talking about in verse 15 says, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. He says, it don't matter if you think you can keep the law circumcision. It don't matter if you don't keep the law uncircumcision. The only thing that matters before God is, are you a new creature? Have you been born again? Has the Holy Spirit taken residence up in your heart? Not how many times you've been to church. Not how many times you've rededicated your life. It talks about how how has the Holy Spirit changed you? A new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. So Paul is not talking about sowing to the flesh. He's talking about sowing to the spirit in order that he may reek to the spirit because only the spirit gives new life you know beloved boasting in the cross creates a transparent church James 517 talks about us confessing our sins one to another turn with me James 517 16 I'm sorry James the fifth chapter and the 16th verse says therefore confess your sins to one another And pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And even as I read that verse, some of us in here say, I ain't telling nobody none of my business. I don't care what scriptures say. I ain't telling nobody my business. Then where's your boast? Your boast is in yourself. You're trying to keep your reputation. But if your boast is in the cross, it don't matter that I can share my sin. I can share my struggles because because Jesus Christ is the one that's going to bear that load for me. That's why we sing the song, What Can Wash Away My Sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What? make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Have you, know, you ever been caught doing something? I know this even more so for our older generation. You be down the street and you caught doing something wrong. And by the time you get to your house, you, everybody knows what you already done. Or you've been out too late and you, trying to come, you try, come, try, try to tiptoe in the house. You don't try not to wake up nobody. Not try not to to, to stir anything. And, and you walk in the house and you 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 afraid and you anxious, tiptoeing around because you know what you've done is wrong and and somebody's gonna expose you. Uh, beloved, we can keep, we can walk up in here every week tiptoeing around our sin. And we and we hoping that nobody really find out what's going on. And we're all anxious and, and we got anxiety. We're on all kinds of medication because we're trying to hide everything. And, and God is just saying, stop tiptoeing. Just let it be known that Christ is the one who will take away that sin just like he took away theirs. experience the freedom of fellowship because we're so busy tiptoeing and not dealing with our sin last contrast when you boast in yourself your hope is in personal perfection this is what Paul alludes to there in verse 15 when he says for neither circumcision counts for anything circumcision uh, those who keep the whole law those who are striving and trying to attain perfection. See, but when, when we strive to attain perfection, we're saying, and our boast is saying that I don't need the cross. I don't need Jesus dying for my sin because I got it together. When we're striving to perform before Jesus, we're we're saying that the cross was insufficient some work still needs to be done. When we try to fool people about what we do to make them think that we're religious, we're, we're saying that I don't need the substitutionary atonement of Christ. I can stand in my own place. Then if you're so sweet, then why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to go to Golgotha? Why did he have to experience the shame and embarrassment beating and spat upon Why did he have to be nailed to a rugged cross and hung high, pierced in the side? Why did he have to die and be buried in a tomb? Because we're sinners. And we can't keep the law. You know, Boasting in ourselves creates a critical church because we think we got it together so we want other people to get together like us. So we begin to comment on them and talk about them and critique them and we can become very critical when we're boasting in ourselves. See, But when you boast in the cross, your hope is in the the perfect peace of Jesus. This is what Paul says in Verse sixteen, and as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. Paul is talking about a peace that is both vertical and horizontal. When your boast is in the cross, you have peace with God. Everything is straight with God. You don't have to keep looking up at God saying, "We all right? We tight? How we doing? Am I doing better today?" Oh, what else do you need me not look, We got peace because the blood of Jesus has taken care and washed away that sin. And not only does he take away sin, but he, he gives us his, his righteousness. He fills up our bank account that we may stand before a holy and righteous God. That's peace. The worst things that can happen to a person is to be on a job all these years and hear rumors of a layoff. That's the worst thing, because not every day you you're showing up like what you hear. What's going on? Are they closing this section? And every day you're anxious. And every day you worry, you're trying to figure out. Well, maybe if I, if I, if I perform a little better, the bosses would decide to keep me and let y'all go. And and we walk up in the church like we're competing for one job against one another. I'm a better Christian than you, and you ain't really up to to par. And as if as if God is looking down about to lay you off. No, the blood of Jesus is secure. got to keep turning our head, wondering if we right with God. Is, is Jesus still on the cross? Then you straight. Did Jesus get up out the grave? Then you are I Is he standing in glory right now and sitting on your behalf? Then you good. But if Jesus was still on the cross, you would be lost. Boasting in the cross creates liberty in the church. Just be me now. I ain't got to worry about what y'all say. I ain't got to worry about expectations. I could be crazy. I can love Jesus. Now, I ain't acting a fool, but I, I'm going to act a fool for Jesus. I'm going I'm to I'm show what it means to, to live a life that boasts and shows him off, not myself. of us are in bondage here today because we've been depending on ourselves and not in Jesus we're just playing the game trying to satisfy our grandma you know how grandma called you did you go to church today yes grandma we just want to check the list yeah I went guilty the whole time beloved Romans eight one says there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus you ain't got to sit up there guilty you ain't gotta sit up there all anxious and afraid. Surrender your life to Christ. Ultimately, your boast is what causes you, whatever causes you to put your shoulders back and your chin up. Your boast is what you've known what you're known for. What if, what, when you come down the hallway, what do people say about you? Before your lips even open, that's your boast. That's your boast. If people are avoiding you, that's your boast. But if people are drawn to you, that's your boast. Where's your boast? Our boast doesn't come from proximity. It doesn't come by birth. But it comes from an old rugged cross. Bloody cross. Boasting your flesh is to stand before God and say I did it, but to boast in the boasting cross is to stand before God and say You did it. You know, and don't leave here today thinking that, well, you know, I I I just decided to do this. I, I I'm I'm, I'm going to boast in the cross. It doesn't work like that because you you would be minimizing the depth of depravity and sin that you were born in. That we were capable of rescuing ourselves. David says in Psalm 51.5. Behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. Then my mother conceived me. Romans 3.10.11 says as it is written none is righteous. No not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. So it's not going to be on us to do this thing. But as Paul says back in the third chapter. It is not going to be us. It's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit. When we turn from living for ourselves and turn towards Jesus, he fills us with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And he begins to change us from the inside out so we don't try to make ourselves perfect. This is what Paul is talking about in Galatians 3.3 where he says, you so foolish, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? If, if, if Jesus came and saved you, what makes you think that you can keep it together? He had to come get you. He had to come get me. So even this process of sanctification, I can't take no credit. I have no boast in how I clean myself up. I can only boast that that Jesus is working in me, making me something new. That's my boast. So don't leave today trying to do better. Leave today loving deeper. Look to Jesus by faith through grace. It's all by grace. So even as we come to the end of this book, if you're bound up, shackled, burdened, look to Jesus and be set free forever, will you remain self-centered or will you become cross-centered today? Father, I ask that you would use your word to set the captives free today. Show us our need for you. Show us our need for repentance. Show us our need to humble ourselves before you. Show us how we so often boast about ourselves and not about you. Well, may we surrender our lives right now and that you would live and that you would rule and that you would reign. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray. Amen. Thank you.